Welcome, welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Big T. Will. This is Philly Full Court Press. Uh, we had some technical difficulties with our last episode, the uh, post-game report. So, to the fans prevail, we're giving you guys a double episode. So, your first episode will be from the end of the Portland Trailblazers game. And then the next episode will be the 76ers pre-playoff seeding, six-seed seeding against the Boston Celtics. Once again, I'd like to thank all our listeners out there for the love and support and Last Out Media for giving us the opportunity to put Philly Full Court Press out there. And don't forget to follow us at Full Court 76. That's P-H-U-L-L Court 76. And my handle is at Big T Will 34. And you also have Nat Marlowe, Nat underscore Marlowe. And you can reach us out with all your questions, comments, concerns, and we will always get back to you guys. So, all right, Sixer fans, enjoy the next two episodes. Peace. up everybody what's going on welcome to another edition of philly full court press i'm your host big t will i got the the producer extraordinaire on the other end mr nat marlowe what's going on nat what's up t will how you doing uh well you know you know the as we always do this is a little post game show the uh philadelphia 76ers just lost a tough game to the uh, Portland Trail Blazers, 124-121. You don't say. Portland actually needed that game badly for their seeding because I I think they're still ninth right now, um, and they need to stay within a certain uh, uh, game of of the eighth seed to get in the playoffs. And uh, they had a heartbreaking loss the other other day. So I think they're coming off a back-to-back. And – from the start of this game, it looked ugly. It looked real ugly. I thought the uh, Sixers were going to uh, get really, really blown out. This was going to be one of those games that you couldn't sit through throughout the game. But surprisingly, surprisingly, you know, they Philly tough, man. Philly tough. That's what we all all ask for from our team, just to fight hard through thick and thin, whatever, it, good or bad, just keep fighting. And we'll, we'll deal with the outcome later. And they fought. They fought. So, uh, give you a quick rundown. Uh, Jay Rich went off for 34 points. He had six assists, five rebounds. Uh, he shot 65% from the field, which was good. He, he made all his free throws. So, you know, he was by far um, the leader on the floor tonight. And, um, you know, off the bench, everyone's – Talking about him, Mr. Alec Burks, 20 points, five rebounds. He shot 57% from the floor. 
Made all his foul shots, three for three. You know, I've been calling for him. And, you know, social media's been called for him. Nat, uh, radio station, people calling for him. Yeah, it's been crazy the past couple of days. Yeah, people calling for Burks to play. You know, he's he's got to play. He's got to play, especially now. You know, with this ro- rotation, you know, this Brett Brown rotation was very shaky again. Very shaky in the first quarter. Yeah, really. What a shock. What a shock, T-Will. <laughs> exactly, Nat. What a shock, right? Yeah. Um, hey, hey uh, Nat, let me ask you a quick question. Um, when I was watching this game, observing something, and noticed um, – it it was like maybe in the second quarter. Second quarter. Did you notice the, uh, how the Sixers attacked the rim and got away from shooting so many threes trying to keep up with Portland in the first quarter? See, you know what I did the second quarter? Well, actually, the first quarter. Uh, I tuned in the second JoJo got hurt. So the second okay. JoJo got hurt, I said, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I can't do this tonight. I cannot give myself a heart attack watching this game. So you jumped out. I jumped out, and I didn't start watching the game again until the fourth quarter. I should call you a dope. (laughs) I should, but I'm not. Because that's probably what a lot of the Sixers uh, fan base did once they saw the big man, uh, the crown jewel, get cracked. And um, I'm going to look at it like this. They took uh, Embiid out for – Precautionary reasons, but we we all know what precautionary means. Like we all yeah. know what this is going to do to this team. Like you really think it's just like quote unquote precautionary? I do. I really do. And the only reason I'm saying that is because Embiid came back out to the bench. He was jumping around. He had good energy. He was high fiving. You know, smacking guys when they came off the court. You know, giving a little. Little talk to a couple players here and there, and he had a smile on his face. So I, I I'm gonna chalk it up as you know he probably sprained it, sprained ankle, and they didn't want to make it any worse, knowing that they can't go no higher than the four seed, and there's really no home court advantage. So right now it's just match up, and um, you know they just kept him out for for uh, precautionary reasons. So yeah, I, I know we've been down that road when they say that. But um, I don't think the crown jewels crack was too bad. So, you know, it is what it is. You just got to roll with it. Look, but, with, uh, the way, with the way this team is constructed now, I cannot go into this without Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons in the playoffs. I, I can't. And well, as a result, going- I don't think I can be emotionally invested the rest of the way. I said this with Joe Stazak and D-Lineham yesterday. And this was when we got the breaking news that Ben got hurt. Before right. tonight's game, before Joel got hurt, yeah. So you, you're going to go without Ben. I mean that, and that, and we might put an asterisk on that. We'll touch that a little bit later. Uh, but you might go without Ben, depending on the uh, situation with the knee. But uh, you know, you can't go without Ben and Joe and think you're going to survive because you're going to get what you got here. You're going to get a good fight. You're going to get the toughness the fight back, but you're not going to come up with the wins that you need to advance. So that's why I think they just sat and beat. I wouldn't be surprised they sit and beat the next three. You got Phoenix, Toronto, and Houston. And uh, 
it's believe believe it or not, they're gonna be tough games. They're all they're gonna be tough games, and I and if Embiid's situation, you know, they want the more as Brett Brown was saying, the more rest you give them, the better it will be. And they're playing every other day, so it's a quick turnaround. And they gonna play on Tuesday against Phoenix at four thirty, and then they turn around the next day and play Toronto at six thirty. And I can see Embiid sitting both those games. Yeah, it's like why bother playing him at this point? Like why bother? Just rest for the playoffs. So you, so you're saying you're conceding, trying to move up in the uh, Eastern Conference and and staying in the third seat. I mean, in the sixth seat. At this point, I am not. I am not emotionally invested enough in the Sixers, nor do I have enough faith in them to where I'm going to encourage them to do so. No, rest and bead. Get him rested enough and healthy enough so that way he can dominate in the playoffs. I don't think it's worth it trying to advance higher than you already are because we know what this Sixers team is. Right. We know Brett Brown can't coach. We know this team has problems with this rotation. We know this problem. We know this team has problems with Ben Simmons staying healthy throughout a season. We know this team has problems with Joel Embiid staying healthy throughout a season. So, do what you can to get Joel back. Forget trying to advance in the seating because you're probably going to get somebody else hurt at this point. What if Matisse gets hurt? What if Horford gets hurt? What if Alec Burks gets hurt? These are my oh, concerns. And, they're, and they're, they're good concerns, and they're concerns that you should have. You know, but you're also – you can't go into, you can't go into uh, the playoffs with concerns of someone getting hurt. Because if you look uh, across the landscape of the NBA right now, there's a lot of players that are hurt coming back, you know, with nagging injuries, this and that. So you, you just got to do with it. You're not the only one. You're not the only team that's going through it. It just sucks because it's our two big pieces that it has happened to where other teams, it doesn't look like it's their, their number one stars or number two stars. But what concerns me tonight also was to buy, hey, 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 Nat, man, my man on the rocks over there. I'm going to start calling you Natty Rocks. What, what are you trying what you got going on over there? What you sipping on? I had I have a lot going on right now. So what did I start with? Let me get things one at a time here. I started off today with a, a natty light seltzer. It's called uh, Aloha Beaches. Then mm-hmm. I moved on to a to a PBR, some Paps Blue Ribbon, mm-hmm. and uh, now I got some Captain Morgan on the rocks. Okay. All right. All right. All right. That sounds like you're doing a whole lot of mixing. Hope you don't wake up uh, early in the morning and uh, have a little meeting in the bathroom. I might, I might pull an all nighter. So there's that. <laughs> I'll, this will be my last drink. I'll, I'll switch to water from now on. Like just pull the all nighter and just sleep tomorrow. You know what I mean? Hey, it's only ten o'clock. You know, do you, man? Live it yeah. up. Plus, NHL Live. hockey's on. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll touch we'll touch the uh, orange and black as well. We'll touch the orange and black as well. They, they're. Uh, I got a, a, a funny feeling. I just got a funny feeling. And then I, I uh, just don't know how uh, Mayor Jim, Mick, Jim Kenny's going to stop Flyer fans from heading out to Broad Street. I just don't see it. I just got a funny feeling, and I just don't see that happening. So, Dude, the entire I, state's going to go nuts. I'm not worried about Philadelphia. I'm worried about the state. Yeah, it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild, but you know, let's get back to the topic at hand. We'll, we'll hit the uh, the uh, fly boys later on. 
Uh, what, what's alarming to me, concerning to me, was uh, Tobias Harris. He was a minus seven on the court today. Um, he, he came over 16 and seven. I kind of – I didn't like his energy. I liked Matisse's energy more than I liked his energy. You know, when Matisse came off the bench, he had a lot of energy coming off the bench, and um, he was playing some good D. You know, it, it's not going to show up in the box score, him running around and uh, getting the deflections and stuff that were needed and diving for loose balls. But those are a lot of hustle plays he was bringing. And that minus seven, you know, I need more. I need more for Toby. I need I need Toby to have a J-Rich game I because you're paying Toby to have a J-Rich game. We talked about this last episode. Also, you know, pretty much it, J-Rich coming out of nowhere. Well, yeah, well, Jay Rich is this kind of – he's this type of player. He's going to be streaky, you know. He's going to be one of them guys that are streaky, and it, when he's cold, he's cold. But he makes up on the defensive side. When he's hot offensively, you got to ride him, and they rode him. You know, he, like I said, he had 34, 34 5, and 6 uh, today. He was he was hitting from everywhere on the court. And that's this is a Jay Rich that a lot of people thought they were getting when they used to talk about the poor man's Jimmy Butler. But Jimmy Butler wasn't going out here getting us 34 a night as well also. But his, his defensive mentality is, is similar. And, you know, you can, see what, you can see what hurts Jay Rich with the injuries. You know, when you're injured, it's tough to come back thinking you're going to be the same player. And that's what the Sixers are hoping, that he can come back and become the same player as the person that they traded for. Because that'll be a big boost to this uh, lineup, especially now. You know, the Sixers can't get into these these uh, high scoring battles once the playoffs start. They got to play some defense, and uh, Jay Rich is definitely a guy that you would look to to lock up the uh, the guard position between him, Matisse, and um, not not Ben now, but you hopefully Shake and uh, Allen Burks. You know that that's going to be. Um, it's going to be key going forward. See, too but, many of the Sixers are streaky for me. Yeah, 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 you're right. So this is where we're at, though. When you lose a, a piece like uh, Ben, this is where you're at. It's funny. I saw on, I don't know if it was NBA Jump or ESPN uh, stats, and when the Sixers, the Sixers play better, they have a better record and they have better numbers without Ben instead of when Ben's in the lineup. The only difference is the winning percentage. The Sixers are at a 61% winning percentage clip versus a 52% winning percentage clip with Ben. And if Ben's supposed to be this dominant all-star that we need him to be, that he is, the numbers should be vastly different, and they're not. They're not. They're not too far off in points, defense, rebounds, assists. And, and go down the column. You know, it, it's only a couple numbers here and there that, that sway the difference. The only major, major uh, difference is the winning percentage. So you think losing an all-star and like Ben Simmons caliber that things would be drastic. And they really weren't. And that was that was shocking to me. So, you know, they lost 121-124. I mean, it was meant to be. You, you watched this first quarter, you would have thought they were going to get blown out of the water. 
and they fought back. They fought back. So, and B left, you know, left ankle, kind of twisted it going up. I think it's for precautionary reasons they sit him out. I wouldn't be shocked if he sat out two games, maybe the rest of the bubble until the playoffs start. And um, Brett Brown, man, we don't talk about his rotation. He said he, he pulled a uh, Shake Milton and Howell Neto. Told, he said, uh, per Keith Pompey on his tweet, there's no need to use Neto at this particular stage of the game. <gasps> no, you don't say. <laughs> but he put Kyle Quinn in there, throwing up some threes. Mike Scott came out of the doghouse. You see Mike Scott got a new haircut? Yeah. Yeah, hey, Mike, Mike, Mike Scott kind of, you know, thought – because he got a new dude, he might uh, play a little better. No. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah, he thought <laughs> he thought the Jonathan Duran would work. And it works for Duran. It works for the hockey guys. It doesn't work for Mike Scott. No. Mike Scott, you know, he, he chipped in with uh, nine points. He was four for seven. I mean, I expect I, more. Yeah, it kind of worked. Okay, better than usual. I expect it's better what he's been lately. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, all season. Okay. All I, season. I love Mike Scott. Not necessarily his play on the court. Oh, I love I, – I, I'm a Beehive. I'm a Beehive fan. Love Mike Scott and what he does. But um, his play this year has been atrocious. I'm keeping 100. You know, if you're playing well, you're playing well. If you're not, you're not. You know, Furcon. Furcon, where was you at in this game? You know, Furcon kind of disappeared. He's actually been lackluster this whole bubble right now. The whole Where's team he been has. since the first game since Portland? Where's he been? To me, he's been invisible. Not saying no, 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 no. Furcon, Cork's been doing some work. He was doing some work during the season. But since this return of the bubble, you know, he's been MIA with the rest of the squad. You know, you figure what? This is the Sixers' second loss, right? Yeah. Okay, so they're three and two? Three and two. They're three and two. You would think that they were 0 and 5 right now. Yeah, with the way we, uh, we've been talking about it on the radio, yeah. The way you talk about it on the radio, the way we talk about it on the pod, what we've been reading on social media, you'd really think the Sixers were 0 and 5 right now, but they're 3 and 2. They're 3 and 2. Then, you know, <sighs> Ben and Joe, man. Ben and Joe. But look, man, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And uh, on the other side, uh, we will get into a few things. This is Big T Will. That's Nat Marlowe. This is Philly Full Court Press. We'll be back after these breaks. What's up, everybody? This is Carmelo Anthony. Hope everyone is staying healthy. During this time, you know, we should all be looking out for one another and staying calm and staying safe. I'm just trying to stay positive as much as possible. To you spend this great time with your loved ones. I think it gives us a lot of perspective. Call some of your friends and your family and let them know how much you, you love them and how much you care about them. Practice compassion. We have to be kind and really practice a sense of community. We're going to get through this thing one way or another and the appreciation level for everything will be at an all-time high. We all miss fans and our teammates and basketball. This is only a virus that we can beat together. Um, hopefully we'll be seeing you guys soon and back on the floor. See ya. See ya. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, 
we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others, maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health, there are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines, take extra precautions if at higher risk, wash our hands frequently, stay six feet from others when we can, and when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. Yeah, what's good, everybody? Welcome back. Once again, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers take that L, 124-121, Port Retrail Blazers. Uh, Jay Rich, 34-5. Um, Damian Lillard, Dame Dollar, Dame Time. We knew we was going to get it after uh, that nice little riff he's been having on social media and the back and forth. Um, he dropped 51 on the Sixers, 51-7. and Fuck. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Skinny Mellow dropped twenty. You know, so it was it was a uh, it was a uh, it was gonna be a tough game, and that's exactly what uh, it turned out to be a tough game. But uh, you know, I want to jump into this Ben Simmons thing because Ben he went up for the rebound, came down gingerly, went to the corner. And looked like he was going to shoot a three and pass it to Horford and then started working his knee. Walked off the court, went to the back. And as I saw him limping to the back, just had this feeling like it was bad. Didn't know how bad, but it was bad. And he never returned. And then, the you know, everything got put in motion. Now, fast forward, we're saying we're talking here about a loose body. A loose body. I ain't never heard any, anything about no loose body before. I've heard about all kinds of injuries, but a loose body? Nah, what are the Sixers doing to us with this loose body situation? Well, it sounds like uh, aliens have invaded Ben Simmons. To me, that's what it sounds like at first. <laughs> like invasion of the body snatchers, like that kind of thing. But uh, I actually looked up what loose bodies were. You want to know what they are? Yeah, tell me. What's going on with loose body? So, according to uh, Rothman Orthopedics, loose bodies are fragments of cartilage or bone that freely float inside the knee or joint space. Mm-hmm. So, basically, Ben Simmons broke part of his knee and it's literally just floating around in there. Mm, 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 mm. So, we don't know how bad it is, obviously. Um, we can assume it's not that many pieces because he he has been walking around. He hasn't been on crutches or a wheelchair from what uh, the public eye has saw and nothing has been reported about that when he left the bubble for surgery. Um, 
but we did some more digging and um this loose body in the knee is pretty common in the NBA. A couple players have had it, right, Nat? Mm-hmm. Who uh who else has had this uh loose body? Uh for a dislocated kneecap. I don't know if he had a loose body, but I found out that Victor Oladipo, like he suffered this type of injury. Okay. Yeah, and but Oladipo was out for a while. So you can see the uh the drastic uh the differences of this uh this injury because Oladipo almost missed the uh the whole season. I think he did miss the whole season. If I'm not mistaken, Indiana played the season without him. Uh John Morant. John Morant had a loose body. And the Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel had a loose body, February twenty eighth, two thousand seventeen. He had a loose body in the uh the uh left knee. So it seems like it's pretty common. Depends on how bad it is. Is going to be how bad, uh, you know, your length of uh, returning is always to be determined. And Blake Griffin had it twenty sixteen. Blake Griffin had okay. I actually I forgot about that. Yeah, Griffin had it, and um, there was another player that had it too. Uh, Joe Kim. Did we say Embiid had it? Yeah, I said Embiid. Joe Kim Noah. He had it as well. Kevin Love. Kevin Love. So, yeah, the list is long. The list could be long. And, and you know, we're not talking about uh, any scrubs here. So, it happens. Lowry had it. Jeez, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, he did. But he came back pretty quick, though, right? I don't think he was out too long with it. So, you know, it all depends on uh, how uh, how severe it is. So, let's uh, hope that uh, Ben Simmons is uh, – Loose body isn't that severe. And, uh, you know, Nat, would you bring him back if he's healthy to play for the playoffs? No. Okay. And tell me why you're not bringing Ben Simmons back. Because you might run into the situation that Kevin Durant was in when he suffered a new injury and he was out for an entire season. That's a good point. Remember the Golden State Warriors? They were in the finals. Yes, I do. He gets injured. They lose in the finals. Durant gets traded, but he's out for an entire season. That's a good point. That's a good point, man. Um, I didn't even, th- I you know, I didn't even think of that. That's a great point. So this is the point we're going to mention a little bit later, I believe. But if we, if if Elton Brand is looking to trade Ben Simmons, you want to get the highest return value on Simmons that you can get, and then some. Like if, if I'm Elton Brand, if I'm looking to trade Simmons. I'm looking to rip off a team. But in order to do that, Facts. I need Simmons at peak condition. I need him at top physical health. I, I cannot afford to have him miss an entire season mm-hmm. by re-injuring himself or suffering a new type of injury. I, I'm not risking anything mm-hmm. when it comes to him because I need Ben Simmons at his highest value possible. His skill set is unique enough in the NBA that you you do have the ability to rip off other teams in trades. Mm-hmm. Well, and his skill set is unique enough that you can win with him with the right guys around him. So you're bringing up this trade talk, and um, you know you, you had something for me. I I I vaguely saw the report. I didn't really pay too much attention to it, but you you had some uh, information about this. Uh, these trade talks and rumors. So the Cleveland Cavaliers, apparently there's a rumor going around that they're looking to entice the Sixers 
with some sort of package deal in order to bring Ben Simmons over to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Do you have any- and with the amount of first-round picks that Cleveland's going to get, okay, including a top six. And that's being reported? They're going to offer more than one first-round pick? Uh, it, it's mostly rumors right now. If it's actually being reported, I don't know who's reporting it, but there are definitely rumors circulating right now. Okay. Well, if it was NBA Central rumor that I did see, I know that's the same one that they spilled out last year, and it was trash. And um, the guy, uh, basically, he went back to his archives and copied and pasted the same tweet he put out over a year ago about the Sixers looking to break up Joel and Ben. Now, we also know that Embiid did another podcast, and he said that, you know, he wants to play with Ben for the rest of his career. He loves Ben. They work together. And I believe him. And once again, you know, the media is trying to break up, you know, the two players we have that we can build around. The problem is I wish the media would start trying to break us apart with the coach. Stop trying to break up the players and start breaking up the coach. Because if if you got bigs all across the NBA that are playing together, I watched the other night. You had A.D., uh, Dwight Howard, and JaVel McGee, all guys over 6'10", on the court at the same time with LeBron. So if other if, if Frank Vogel can figure it out, why can't Brett Brown figure it out with, with Joel and Al and Ben? This don't make no damn sense. Well, sure it does, because Brett Brown's an idiot. Yeah, clearly. So it makes perfect sense. Clearly. You know, Pop had it with Duncan and Robinson. It worked. Uh, Denver has it right now. It works. I'm not going to sit here and go, you know, team for team for team for team that has it, but we're not the only team in the NBA with big guys on the court at the same time. But our guys don't work, but other places do. But you guys want to break up media. We're talking media, not you guys. We're talking about media. Media wants to break up our guys. They want to get rid of Ben and Joe. They're looking for packages. But the, the media as a whole, they never look at the coach first. They always look at the players. Right. And why are we looking at the coach? Tell me that, Nat. You're in the media. Tell me why the media don't look at the coach, trying to get rid of the coach, bringing a coach that can coach his talent. Well, look, depending on who you listen to, I mean, take a look at my coworker, Pat Egan. He is the head of the flagship of the Fire Brett Brown train. Is he? Yeah, he mentions it every, every time he hosts or produces the show. He always mentions it. Fire so, Brett Brown. So he always looks at Brett Brown first. So is he the is he the flagship or am I the flagship? He's just on my coattail. Because I was saying it to Pat Egan last year. With the with the amount I've heard I've heard from Pat this year, I've it, it's been nonstop. Fire Brett Brown, nonstop, and he agrees. He's a nice guy. Brett Brown's a nice guy. We can all agree with that. We all <laughs> nice guy. Great person to be around, but his message has fallen on deaf ears. Love Pat Egan. That's my guy. And he's right. Like, we need to change in the coaching staff. Before we go out, like, shipping our star players elsewhere, why don't we bring in a new coach? Right. See what a new coach does, and if that new coach can't make Joel and Ben 
play well together with the core around them, <clears throat> then then maybe it's time to look at some package deals and trades. But I'm also as if you listen to the fanatic, as Tyler Zuli always says, you never trade proven for prospects. You do the opposite. Trade prospects for proven. You try to. I, I got Hold on. Get, hold on, Tyler. Hold on, Zuli. Zuli Network. You try to. It doesn't always happen because if you're trying to trade prospect proven prospects for um top picks and top quality, um I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the trade with Drew Holiday. Was Drew Holiday a proven commodity? Yes, no. Tough for interpretation. Exactly. So if Drew Holiday was proven, Sixers got a, a boatload back for Holiday in Nerlens during the process. And that's another thing. You go let, – let, all right, I never like to do this, but you look at Cleveland's package deal, and it's enticing. So you ship Ben to Cleveland, right? You ship him to Cleveland. Doesn't that put you right back into the process again? You might have to in order to get this team to succeed. Aren't they six? Well, all right. They're not succeeding this year. I'm going to counterpunch that. They're not succeeding this year, but the prior two years, don't you think it was a success? In terms of the way the, the process was going. Correct. Yes. Correct. But. First round exit two years ago, and then second round last year. Second round, you lost on that Kawhi shot when you could have gotten Kawhi. Yeah, I mean that was a lot. San Antonio wanted for Kawhi, and rumors had it that uh, San Antonio wanted either Ben or Joe. And I don't, I don't, I don't mind not doing that. I mean, but. But hey, let me support Tyler here for, again for a sec because I went through the Fanatic archives. He did a show two years ago, and he said the Sixers should go out and get Kawhi Leonard. The Kawhi win now. They didn't. They couldn't get him, and they didn't win. And, and, but guess what? Kawhi wasn't going to stay. So, but that wasn't the point. They could have won a championship that year. He didn't stay with Toronto, but he won a championship with Toronto. So we won a championship with Kawhi. So you're saying you you'd rather rent Kawhi and dismantle Ben and Joe for the championship for one year, and then be like the Chicago Bulls because Toronto's Toronto's team was built better than the Sixers team. That's why they're competing now for another championship without Kawhi. Where the Sixers, you would have lost Kawhi. And we would have been back in Miserdelphia again. We would have been miserable as hell looking at the Sixers. Bags over our head, tanking. I mean, I What, but we would – wait, 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 wait. So, like – A year after so – not, not winning the championship is worth it for you then. I, I go back and forth. I go back and forth. I don't like – I don't like what Kawhi – I don't like what Kawhi did, but I like what the Raptors said. Like, we really don't need you. They're showing it. They got the two seed locked up. Their older players are back healthy, and they look better than what they did last season with Kawhi. But it, it, it's also easy for them to say because they're the reigning NBA champions, and the Sixers haven't won in almost 40 years. But the Sixers – who's to say that Kawhi would have came here and won and would have had to do what, the, what he did in Toronto? 
Why wouldn't you take the chance, though? Because of the talent you have. I'm not going to risk going back into the to the tank seasons and, and that dreadful basketball I had to watch in order. But you had in order you had great talent, and you still lost to Kawhi. Okay, so that's not my fault. That's the coach's fault for putting. I'm that not position. saying it's your fault, but I'm saying you like look. Forget about dynasties for a sec. I don't want to build a dynasty. I want this team to win a fucking championship. Right. I understand that. I want them to win a championship too. But it's not guaranteed that Kawhi would have came to Philly and gave them that championship where he went to Toronto gave them that championship where Elton Brand gave Brett Brown pieces, more pieces than one Kawhi Leonard to ultimately beat Kawhi Leonard, which they should have beat Kawhi Leonard. If he got sick... He was he, B wasn't even nowhere near the player he should have been. He 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 was that season, okay. Uh, Jimmy Butler disappeared every other game. They had that game. They had they had Toronto on the ropes, and Nick Nurse came out after Game Three and said, "We're in trouble." Look, 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 look. So so I, in that I aspect, hear you. So in that I, aspect, hold on. So in that aspect, yes, I, I'm going to ride with the squad I had last year. Why do you think it was a big campaign of run it back with the same guys? Because everyone knew this squad, talking about last season's squad, was the squad that should have won it. They should have won it. So Kawhi got lucky. He got lucky twice. He got lucky twice in a seven-game series. So that's why you don't you don't always say that trade's going to work because Kawhi could have came here and we could have been the second round exit from somebody else, because they would have played Kawhi. They would have played Kawhi differently than what Brett Brown played Kawhi, because Nick Nurse runs a different system than what Brett Brown runs. Listen, and you're right, but and hindsight's twenty twenty. I understand that, but why wouldn't you take that risk? Especially now we have the hindsight, and Kawhi has the ring. You take that. You don't take that risk because you made a play at the All Star break to get p- pieces to go up against what you saw was happening in Toronto. You had the pieces and the firepower to beat Toronto. You had Toronto down two one, going up, go, about to go up three one. You had Toronto on the ropes. That sees that game. That that series should have been ended in five or six. Should have never won seven games. It should have never came down to the triple doink. <laughs> Don't even get me started, man. That, that that shouldn't have happened. All that hindsight, looking at hindsight, yeah, I wouldn't have made the trade. San Antonio was looking for a lot. A lot. And they got it. They got what they wanted. And good for Toronto. They won. Congratulations. First NBA title. Good for them. But they were also built to make a run without Kawhi. And you're seeing it happen right now. Why? Because they got a great coaching staff. And they got they got players that are willing to sacrifice their individual games for the team to ultimately win. And you're right. They had everything. They had the coach. They had the players, and they had the superstar. We had four superstars. If you really want to be technical, 
or let's say we had three. Yeah, everyone. Okay, I'll, I'll get on the train. Danny and Joe, Jimmy, Tobias. Tobias superstar. No, no, no. I'm okay, not, that's why I get three. But you still had four reliable pieces, and then you had your marksman and JJ Reddy. Who is? Let me ask you a question: Is JJ Reddy after thirteen seasons going to the NBA playoffs? No, no, he is not. No, he sold out. He sold he out. Sold out. No, he's in New Orleans. Hey, hey Jay, losing by thirty at the half. Hey, JJ. I hope. I hope. Also, they were losing to Kawhi. By the way. Hey, hey, hey JJ Reddick. I hope that uh, shrimp crawls. I hope those shrimp heads taste good down there, sitting there in the play, not in the playoffs, watching everyone else play. Since you said you sold out for the money, chump. I didn't want you to come here in the beginning. And then you were here, and then you signed, and then the Sixers gave you a backhand deal, and you signed a one-year deal, and then you want to go run your mouth saying that you wasn't coming back anyway. Man, bump you, and the train you came on. I ain't got time for you, punk. That's why you ain't never win nothing now in the NBA to begin with. I don't care how many threes you knock down. You ain't done crap. You ain't worth nothing. So whatever. Don't come next time you come to Philly. I'll treat. I'll give you the same treatment I gave you when I saw you at the Ritz, the cold shoulder. Because I don't like Duke players anyway, bum. So, but neither here or there, JJ. Me and you be sitting right next to each other watching on on uh, NBA TNT. We'll be watching uh, everybody else play in the playoffs. Oops, we'll be. I'll be watching the Sixers play. Well, you'll be watching the Sixers play because your ass ain't playing. So, JJ, ready? Run your mouth. Anyway, that's why you don't, that's why I wouldn't do it. And that's why Zuli's uh, argument has little holes in it. So, but hey, man, listen, let's take this uh, overdue here. Let's take this uh, quick timeout and uh, we'll get back to you after these moments. This is Philly Full Court Press, Philadelphia Sixers lost to the uh, Portland Trailblazers 124 121. T. Will, Nat Marlowe, back at you. What's up, everybody? It's Carmelo Anthony. Hope everyone is staying healthy. During this time, you know, we should all be looking out for one another and staying calm and staying safe. I'm just trying to stay positive as much as possible. Continue to spend this great time with your loved ones. I think it gives us a lot of perspective. Call some of your friends or your family and let them know how much you, you love them and how much you care about them. Practice compassion. We have to be kind and really practice a sense of community. We're going to get through this thing one way or another. And their appreciation level for everything will be at an all-time high. We all miss fans and our teammates and basketball. This is only a virus that we can beat together. Uh, hopefully we'll be seeing you guys soon and back on the floor. Say see ya. See ya. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others, maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health, there are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines, 
take extra precautions if at higher risk. Wash our hands frequently. Stay six feet from others when we can. And when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. All right, everybody, welcome back. T. Will's back at it with Nat Marlowe. And, you know, we just talked to Hoops, man, getting the uh, reactions from everybody and uh, to this uh, loss here. Sixers never should have been in the game after the first quarter. They fought back and uh, gave us something to look at, something to cheer for, but ultimately came up on the short end of the stick. 124-121, Damian Lillard dropped 51. Jo- jo- Josh Richardson had 34. Uh, Tobias Harris had 16, Al Horford had 20 in the loss. So, but uh, Nat, you know, let's uh, you got some uh, reactions going on over there, huh? What's what's what are the what are the people saying? We got some reactions. We got some questions. Uh, before we get to our uh, Q and A session, I have a question for you. Sure. Like, are you are you okay? Are, are, are you gonna live? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sitting here drinking. Uh, I got a little uh, summer watermelon and uh, raspberry lemonade, and it, it this thing is hitting. It's hitting. It's delicious, and it, it actually went down the wrong way, and uh, <laughs> I felt like I was losing air pressure in, in my lungs. Um, it was. Uh, it just went down the wrong way, and I couldn't gather myself. But uh, I appreciate you uh, asking. It See, was. Uh, you hustled ahead. through that whole thing. Like I, you should have said something because like, like you like as a producer, like it's my job to edit things out, and you were you were just hustling through it. <laughs> you can see I'm a warrior. I'm a fighter. I'm, I'm gonna get through it. The job's got to get done. I'm gonna get through it. So, but uh, yeah, man, I'm good now. Actually, I need a refill, but I could wait. I can I can wait <laughs> to get these uh, questions in. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what's going on with the reaction, man? What's what's happening? One of our initial reactions is, uh, this team pisses me off. And a bunch of uh, angry emojis. That comes from uh, her friend, Corey. Okay. Dad, he's right. He's right. Team pisses you off. Yeah. Like, we might disagree why the team pisses us off, but I think who's happy with the Sixers right now? Very few people, if any. And they're 3-2. and two. They're 3-2 and two in the bubble. Potentially yeah. could have been 4-1. and one. Yeah. Three two in the bubble, and you would think they're zero and five. That it's real. The reactions are real. You know, I, not to pull a Mike from KOP here, but I I think we're on our way to our predictions of uh our initial predictions of three and five. Uh yeah, and B not playing if if he sits against Phoenix and Toronto, and then Houston. Uh, has nothing to play for, but they still have firepower, you know, because you want to be, you want to go into the playoffs playing your best basketball. Yeah, this three and five could be real. You know, it wasn't something that uh, I was proud to put out there, but it, it definitely could be real. I like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but it's going to be tough. It's definitely going to be tough. 
Well, let me. I got a question for you since you got a question for me. Okay. How did you feel the other night when you were watching the Philadelphia Flyers, orange and black, take Dude. take the one seed? Dude, pinch me. I am dreaming. This Talk is a to- dream. I knew this team was good. I didn't know they were this good. This team is for real. This team is Car- amazing. Carter Hart. Kubel scored two goals against the Tampa Bay Lightning, against Andre Vasilevsky, one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. Nick Obey Kubel scored two goals against him. Carter I Hart. I didn't think he would score one, let alone two. Wait a minute. Carter Hart was standing on his head. Yeah. The defense was nowhere in that game, and he was standing on his head. Like, the kid's he- good, man. This kid is good. Dude, the tandem of him and Elliott. In all three of those games, so Hart started the Bruins game and the Lightning game. The Bruins game, Elliott, right. Elliott started the, the Washington Capitals game. Elliott had a better record against Washington anyway. In so. all three of those games, both goaltenders only let in one goal. One, they, one goal for the Bruins, one goal for the Lightning, one goal for the Caps. They pretty those much powerhouse pick- offenses. They pretty much picked up where they left off after losing that uh, the game to the Bruins before COVID hit. You know, the Flyers were, what, 12-game winning streak, 13-game winning streak going into that Bruins game? They came and, off a uh, – I think they were trying to make it a 10-game uh, a winning streak, but they were coming off a 9, and then the last game they lost to was against the Bruins. Right. So, even though they lost that game, they still were hot. They still were yeah. a hot hockey team. And that layoff – that layoff helped the Flyers because the Flyers had uh, a number of injuries that were piling up. And tired legs. It, it killed the Bruins players. because the Bruins had seven guys missing from their training camp once it started back up again. So, ben, so COVID actually – hey, what do, you, what do you know? COVID actually benefited the city of Philadelphia finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'm not I'm – not, it, it helped our sports team. It helped our hockey team. I'll go there. I'll go there. I won't say it helped the city, but it helped their team. It helped the team that was that had the city in all. It helped the team that a lot of a lot of Flyer faithful have been waiting for. You know, because the Flyer fans are mad different than Eagles, Phillies, Sixer fans. Flyer fans are different. Yeah, we're all the same fans of the same team. But you got your passion and your love for that one particular team. And Flyer fans are different, man. They are different. They're hungry. They deserve it. And the city is behind the orange and the black. And the Flyer fans that are diehards have been going through it with the team. You know, they deserve this right now. So I'm pulling for them. You know, I was coming in the studio with my orange and black on that. I had my hat and my T-shirt. I saw you with the Flyers gear. You saw me with the Flyers gear. I was supporting them, and uh, you know, I, they're real. There's no what is anymore, man. This team is real, and like I said, they're giving me this feeling like the Eagles run in 2017-2018. That was you just couldn't you couldn't believe it. You couldn't believe it, and that's what you're watching right now. So, and I mentioned this earlier. I don't know how Mayor Jim Kenny's going to keep. Flyer fans or the city in general off of Broad Street during this pandemic and if the Flyers win. 
Dude, I'm more so worried about Tom Wolf and what he's going to do with the entire state. The entire state's going to go nuts. The, he, Tom Wolf and Kenny, they got. <laughs> I hope you guys are paying attention. I really do because it's not. You're not going to be able to stop. It's called let's pay the spade. It is what it is. So fans, when you go out there and celebrate, if it comes to that, just wear your mask. Put your Flyers mask on. Go out there, get crazy, get nuts like you're going to tear shit up because that's what you're going to. I mean, we we gonna call a spade a spade. You are gonna go out there and mess everything up, so you might as well. But just uh, wear your mask, and um, I can't say practice social distancing because damn sure ain't gonna happen. So just praying and and cross your fingers and hope that um, <laughs> that nobody catches anything. Please don't spread time. the virus because yeah, the rate is finally exactly. it, the, the curve is finally flattening once again. The, it looks the rate like, of trans- uh, the rate of transmission is starting to go in different directions. So, you know. <laughs> I don't want to go through wave three yet. So, please, Flyers fans, please be smart. I know it's hard for us to do that sometimes, but please be smart about this. You can't. You really can't. No matter, you know, if you put the PSA out there now, but you can't. Let me ask you a question, Die Hard. You going out there if they win? Um, that's yeah, a good question. Exactly. That that's is a, a good, good question. And that's a good question, and I already knew the answer by that pause. So let's get to the Q and A that we got going no, on. No, 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 no. The pause is an indication <laughs> that I don't know the answer to that question because fundamentally, I want to say yes, but it's like morally, I'm like, wait a minute, maybe I shouldn't do this. Is, yeah, all right. Hey, I would tell you to go rent a room, but even rooms right now are you don't you're not going you don't feel comfortable renting a room, staying in a room, watching no. it, right? Right. No. Yeah, it's real, man. It's real, dude. But, I gotta get to New Zealand because they've been coronavirus free for like three months now. You saw in my tweet they had they had no, they reported uh, no cases for like the hundredth day. Yeah, that's insane. No, it's not insane. It's leadership. But okay, it's people, you're right. You're right. It's it's people. It's people that are following leadership. They have good leadership. They're not out there talking about my rights and I can't do this because I have A or I have B. They have a good education system. Good education system. Like, you know, a bunch of A-holes here in America, man. Well, listen, listen. Like, if there's one thing I've learned is that we can't shame people into wearing masks because then the anti-maskers and the anti-vaxxers on top of that are going to double down. And they don't have agendas. that in New Zealand. That's what I'm talking about. They don't have that. But the, listen, leadership, listen. the leadership came out and told them to do something, and they did it. You Which know why we, we have to continue to educate people and not shaming them? Because when why you educate we have people... To edu- you can't educate stupid. You can't. You can't educate stupid. It's just a bottle. It's a fact. But, T-Will, if you shame stupid, then stupid doubles down. And that's why they're stupid. <laughs> Come on. Well, this is what I'm talking about. This is I'm what I'm sh- talking about. I'm not, shaming, I'm not shaming anybody, okay? But damn it, if you want to be stupid, be stupid. <laughs> hey, be stupid. Because you're going to be the stupid ass in a, in a, in a casket that's about eight, eight, eight uh, feet long. And they got a hole about six feet deep waiting for your stupid ass. Hey, have you ever have you ever seen the movie Idiocracy? 
No, parts of it. I haven't seen it from start to finish, but These I have people thrived. <laughs> Listen, you want to be stupid? Your stupid ass is going to have some dirt on your chest and some flowers on top, all right? Go ahead and be stupid. I mean, it's, a, it's been proven. People out here being stupid and they dropping. So you want to be dumb, <laughs> be dumb. You don't want to wear a mask because of the infringement on your right? Don't wear the mask. I don't care. Don't. But don't be the first one making an IG video saying, I'm going to wear a mask. This is real, people. I'm learning my lesson. I need help. I need you to pray for me. No. I want to look like you say stupid because you should have did it in the first place. And it sucks that you got to be so raw right now. It does, man. It sucks that you got to be like this. It is what it is, man. Put the mask on. Flatten the curve. Just because you flatten the curve in the rate of transmission, okay, doesn't mean that it's over and done with. These places like New Zealand, New Zealand, they have it to a science now. They're social distancing. They're wearing masks. It ain't about temp. You know, the, the temperature checking and all that. The, the thing you got to go by is the taste, hear, and smell. You can't taste nothing, hear anything, ears are clogging, or smell anything. That's when you, that's a sign. That's a well, bigger sign than the, the fever. And you also have to go into it like pretend like you have it and pretend like everyone else around you has Correct. it. Correct. So it's like when, like, especially if you see someone, if you, if you encounter someone older, pretend like you have it because you don't want to get them sick. And if you encounter like uh, younger people or, or if you are of an older demographic listening to this, pretend like everybody else around you has it and you don't want to get it. People are stupid. <laughs> they're stupid. They don't know what you're talking about, demographic. And look, if if you if you gotta assume, you gotta be, you gotta talk to them like you're stupid. Look, everybody, just think everybody else outside your immediate group has it, okay? And mask up. And then people in your immediate group think that they have it and mask up. That's all. You got smart people, people continue being smart about this. Like we can't people. falter, okay? Just because dumb people are, are being dumb doesn't mean us smart people can be dumb too, okay? Pete, listen. I was in, I was in the, uh, the warehouse. I went to the warehouse to pick up a few things for the house, and I saw a mom in there. Mom was in the, in the, uh, the motor scooter, and she had the mask all around covering her chin. She had the chin mask, the chin oh, strap. No. That no. She had legit. She had a legit mask too. She had the filters on the side and everything. The mask was cool. See, the but filters had, are worse because the filters, they release or, the virus or, out. Right. That's what we're finding out. See, this is all new shit to us. So, but anyway, mom had the, you know, she had the chin strap on, earpiece in her ear, and she riding around the scooter and yip yapping. Yip yapping. And I'm watching her, watching her, and I'm circling her because she's trying to, she's in my, she's in the area I want to be. So I, I walked past her. I, you know, I, I said, I had to say something. I said, come on, mom. <laughs> I said, come on, Ma, you're getting a little relaxed. You're getting a little relaxed. And she looked at me, and she put her mask over her nose. And she knew exactly what I was talking about. She, was a little, little, she got a little too comfortable going in and out of the aisles and then talking to whoever she was talking to, grabbing her stuff. You know, the mask isn't for your chin. It's, it's for your mouth and your nose. You know, 
and you're in the area that I need to be, so you need to cover the hell up. That's exactly. just how it is. Right. So, but hey, man, that's 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 what it is. COVID twenty twenty. Wear your mask, and we can end up like all these other places. No, we got over one hundred and sixty thousand deaths. We got over what is it? Fifty million people now have had this the virus worldwide. Worldwide. No, I'm talking about United States, homeboy. Fifty million? No, 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 no. It's closer to five million. Five. I guess what we're gonna pull that up. I want you to pull up John Hopkins, the the uh, rate of transmission and and how many people have uh, had uh, contracted the virus. Pull that up for me, because the number hit uh, an astounding number today. Well. Confirmed case in the U.S. is 5 million. 5 million. There it is. 5 million people. That's all I care about, U.S. 5 million people have had this. And out of the 5 million, 160,000 people have lost their life. Remember the plane analogy I said? Yep. It's happening. I hate to bring up this one, but it's like we're going through a 9-11 every day. Yep. Yep, because we have stupid leadership, and he has stupid followers that don't make any sense. They don't make any sense, and you you feel stupid talking to them. So that's why I stay out of their way. Hey, hey, listen, you don't want to wear a mask? Don't wear one. Go ahead. You just go that way, about twelve feet away from me. Go ahead. Don't wear the mask. You want to hoot and holler? Don't even tweet me anymore about, hey, look, this person is talking about not wearing a mask and, he, and the mask don't work. I don't care. They don't want to do it. Don't do it. I don't care. It's all up to you. I'll wear my mask. You want to call me this? Call me that? All right. Guess what? You better hope you don't end up six feet deep because you know what I'm going to call you because I'll be the one standing here. That we got to protect our essential workers too. Like, no, protect everyone around us. Like, keep the country going. Needs protect. protect our healthcare workers. Protect our grocery store workers. Protect Everybody needs our protection. delivery drivers. Everyone. Protect the essential people that you know, run this country. Listen, everybody needs protection, even the stupid ones. They need the protection from their own dumb selves. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into these questions, man. What do you got for me? Oh man, I, we got a little bit carried away here. I, I I have to pull them back up. All right, all right. Back to the Sixers. With the Sixers' new starting lineup, Ben being at the four, has Ben stepped up to meeting the challenge? Uh, well, so Ben got hurt, and um, so we're going to say no. Which leads yeah. into the next question: If Ben continues to not shoot, is it time for the Sixers to trade him? No, you don't see, you don't, I'm not trading Ben. And that came up, or that came up to me before, you know, would you trade Ben for Luca? I mean, yeah, Luca's dominant. Luca is the truth. I love Luca, but if Luca played some, someone who had half the defense that the East has, you know, Luca get locked up. I watched Luca play the other night and I wasn't, I mean, yeah, he had a 30 point triple double. But he was just, you know, turning the ball over, sloppy. And it just, I, you know, it, it's just one of them things, man. You got to let things play out. Like we always say, let it play out. I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't trade Ben because it don't work. I'd get rid of the coach and find a new system to see how that happens. Then I'd explore trade options later on down the line. I'm not doing that now under this coach. And if I brought Luka Doctors into this system and he's already shooting 30% from three, he might shoot in the teams. In Brett Brown's system, you never know. You never know. So, but yeah, Ben's reluctant. Ben's reluctant to shoot and it's a killer. It's a mental thing and Luka is mentally tougher than Ben because he pulls. Giannis. Giannis. I look at Giannis. I'm like, dear God, I want Giannis to stop shooting. Giannis is throwing up air balls at the foul line. I mean, and he's throwing up air balls at, at beyond the arc. I'm, I was watching Giannis the other day and I said, I was like, good Lord. I said, we killed Ben. Look what Giannis is doing. Made no sense. Excuse me. Made no sense. So, but no, I'm not trading him. I'm not doing it. Go ahead. All right. Here's an interesting question. How do the Sixers match up with the current version of the Celtics? They dominate the Celtics. As long as Embiid's playing. Embiid's got to play. They dominate the Celtics. Celtics got a lot of wing players. So... They just have the Sixers got to run them off the run them off the three point line, which they're not good at. Don't get caught. Don't get caught on the pick and roll, which they're not good at. And the the Celtics, you just have to beat them down low. If you just feed Joel and feed Horford, because I'm liking what I'm seeing from Horford down low. I like Al down low. I've been saying this. I you know even Christy, she uh, sent that question about supporting Al. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the side. You know, but that's where you beat the Celtics. You beat them down low. You can't you can't shoot with them. You can't run with them. But you can actually dominate them on the boards, at the foul line, and keeping them the one one possessions, one shot chances. You do that, then you can beat the Celtics first round, and then you know you can exit the second round. That's a fact. So, but yes, you match up better. You match up better against the Celtics than you do any other team in the top three, four. Go ahead, Nat. What's next? All right. Why don't the Sixers have the kind of quick drive and kickball movement that the Spurs use? Why do they give up layups and put back so easily sometimes? Because the team is poorly coached. They lose their defense assignments. When you lose your defense, defense you uh, you lose your defense assignment. Is, is the lack of focus and the concentration on the defensive end. So those 24 seconds and teams are finally getting to the rack when the shot clock's getting low, it's because of the lack of concentration on the defensive side with the drive. So that's a poorly coached team right there mentally. So, and it, it's hard to, it's, it's, it's hard to, to say that considering where Coach Brown's, um, resume brings him from Pop's tree strong though his tree strong and his other his other uh, understudies are doing well with that it seems like Brett Brown's struggling with that so that's what it is what else you got what's going to be the Sixers plan going forward on defense is this talking without Ben now and Joe or so the initial question, this was after the uh, the Spurs game. So okay. they followed it up with 
Uh, after two games, they led up a total of 257 points. So, <laughs> so at this point, what do you think they're playing on defense is going forward? Um, from what it looks like now that we're, you know, three games past that, from what it looks like, uh, Brett is allowing whoever to get off, get off, but try to stop everyone else, and it's still not working. Um, the the Sixers, the Sixers mentality, as I stated, on defense going forward to to limit these hundred and ten plus games is to get back to keeping teams to one possession, boxing out, not trying to get into a pace game, especially now because you don't have Ben. You know, go to what you had. Got these two bigs, feed them down low. Embiid had these guys prior to his ankle. You know, twisting his ankle, he had these guys in foul trouble. Once Embiid left, these guys didn't worry about the fouls that they were in. You got to put these teams in foul trouble and beat these teams up while the clock stopped at the foul line. So, you know, limit possessions, rebound, go down low, get offense towards the rim. And what's the one thing they got to do? Don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. No stupid turnovers. No sloppy executions on the plays. Run the plays, Chris. Control the tempo. Control the offense. Control the ball. Don't turn the ball over. That kills you. That kills your that kills your momentum. That kills that kills the flow of the game. You know? Don't don't do that. You you do those things, then you know, who knows? You give yourself some puncher's chance. All right, Nat, give me, like, one more. All right, last question. How can Josh Richardson play like this tonight and suck every other night? I'm so confused. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, had a good game tonight. And he's been up and down since he's been here. Overall, it, it's been disappointing because of the injuries, though. I'd like to see what Jay Rich would have been without the injuries. And let's face it, I've been saying the the shooting guard has been our weakest spot, and we should address that. Now they got Alec Burks, they got uh, Glenn Robinson the third. Gr three looked pretty good coming off his injury, and that's the thing. You know, everyone's always injured when they come to Philly. So, but uh, Jay Rich looked good. It is frustrating. Hopefully, he can take this game and this momentum he had to roll it into the next three. And into the uh, playoff. Because the Sixers are going to need him. They're going to need his offense like he gave today. They're going to damn sure need his defense. So to, to get where they want to get to, everyone's going to have to be on point. So, but, hey, Nat, let me ask you a question. Will the Flyers represent the Eastern Conference in the Stanley Cup Finals? I am sticking with my original prediction, and I am saying no. Every week you say this. Why? After what you saw, why? Tell me why. All right, so the Flyers have the number one seed now. Go ahead. For the entire Eastern Conference. Go ahead. It is not very often that number one seeds in the entire conference make it to the finals. Rather, that's... Yeah, that's true. I saw that stat, and I, I saw the back and forth with that, and I agree with the person who was irate about it. it, it this is different. 
It's different. But it's different it, with the Flyers. It is different with this Flyers. Right. And it's a different situation because you had a five-month layoff. Let's take a look at a team like the Vegas Golden Knights their first season. Everyone said they would miss the playoffs. Their first season, their inaugural season, they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Damn, they're winning. Yeah. And now everyone is saying it's going to be Flyers Avalanche or Flyers Knights. Usually it's the team that everyone thinks is going to make it to the finals that doesn't make it to the finals. I think it's going to be someone like Tampa. I think people have written Tampa off. I think they're going to be the ones that make it to the cup finals. I do think it's going to be Flyers and Lightning Eastern Conference Finals, though. Okay. That I do believe. So you don't think that uh, the Flyers can uh, get past the uh, Lightning in seven? Best of seven, Tampa wants revenge for that round-robin game. Uh, I think the Flyboys are hungry, dude. They're hungry. They're super hungry. They need and a team that's hot. And if you look at last season, the team that was hot going into the playoffs rode it all the way out. The St. Louis Blues, and yeah. they they got hungry during their ride. They were during, they were hungry the whole way. That was another completely way. different situation, though. They were in the okay. Western Conference. Well, listen, this is a completely different situation. The Flyers are hungry. You can see it. They're hungry. They don't play. They don't play. Passive aggressive, like we've seen them play. They they they're playing with an edge. They're playing sharp, and they're hungry. I will give them this. I will give them this. T. Will, even though I will not change my prediction, they are still better than I thought they were going to be. Right. So so you're going to. I'm going to give you the line that I use with the Sixers. You hope you're wrong. You hope you're wrong because from what I saw and what I've seen over the course of the season prior to the stop, Flyers are for real. It's not they're, – they're not the team to be uh, sitting here saying, what if, oh, my God, I can't believe it. They're legit. And I see a lot of the uh, St. Louis Blues and the uh, the Vegas Knights in them. So I, I can see them coming out of the East going to the Stanley Cup. I can see it. But you're supposed to be the Flyers, fly the number one Flyers fan out there next to my man Martinez, and you're sitting there saying that they're not going to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Hey, look, if I converted you to being a hockey fan, that's that's a win in my book. Whoa, you didn't convert me because I have always followed followed the uh, Fly Boys. As I get up here in the dungeon where I'm at, I pick up. Game four, home, Philadelphia Flyers, 1997, Stanley Cup Finals. Okay. Playoffs. Home, I was in section 215, row nine, seats five, six, and seven, and eight. So I've always been following uh, the Flyers. And I was at the Stanley Cup. So watch yourself there, partner. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. But on that note, man, listen. Sixers, man, get it together. Crown Jewel, I think, will be all right. They dropped this one, 124-121 to Portland Trailblazers. Bounce back um, Tuesday against the undefeated Phoenix Suns. And uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, this is T-Will. 
That's my uh, extraordinaire producer, Nat Marlowe. And this is Philly Four Core Press. And uh, we'll be back with another episode. And hopefully, hopefully we're talking with a W with the Flyers and the Sixers. Everybody, mask up out there. Be safe. Social distance. I ain't going to tell you wash your hands. I got to tell you wash your hands. And you just a nasty SOB to begin with, all right? But just do what you got to do to be safe and keep uh, your your inner circle safe. And then we'll be catching up to you soon. everybody welcome to another episode of philly four court press i'm your host big t will i got the producer extraordinaire on the other side mr nat marlowe what's going on nat that's the sound of me cracking open ice cold beer my man my man 50 grand in the hand here you go oh i wish so- i had 50 grand no 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 <laughs> i'm lucky i had 50 cents every day we lit but um yes um we are here, ready to bring to you the number three seed Boston hated Celtics versus the six seed Philadelphia 76ers. Yep. With that loss the Sixers just had the other night against Toronto, 125-121. That has officially locked the Sixers in the sixth seed. And the playoffs are pretty much lining up. And is also uh, put the Sixers at a three and four bubble right now. Three and four bubble. <laughs> well, who could have predicted this? I mean, listen, I don't call myself Nostradamus or anything, but they're at a three and four bubble right now, and they have Houston Friday night. So when, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I don't I don't know what Houston's implications are for that game. I know ours don't mean anything. So, uh, where are you going to find scoring that's going to keep up with Houston scoring if they sit uh, the beard? So if the beard sits, and Westbrook looks like he's been sitting. I haven't noticed him out there much. Hang on, hang on. We're gonna doubt. We're gonna doubt the dynamic duo of Howell Neto and Furkan Korkmaz <laughs> to take on the Rockets. We are gonna. We are gonna doubt our dynamic duo, our Batman and Robin. We're gonna do that. Not only through three and a half quarters, as they shown the other night. But Toby was uh, carrying the load as well, too. But yeah, man, that's a serious doubt. That's a serious doubt. So, our Sixers could potentially end up their record in the bubble at 3-5. and five. 
three and five. We get our original prediction. Our original prediction. We gave them the benefit of the doubt, saying they could possibly go four and four, but we didn't give them nothing higher than four and four. Nothing. So I wonder now if people are going to start understanding and realizing. You know, when I'm talking about hoops, I'm talking about my Sixers. I'm not talking through a fandom eye. I'm talking through a an eye of a fan, if that makes any sense. You know, I don't have my I don't have my eyes fully shuttered to the situation at hand, and I'm not just following everyone's lead out here. You know, I see things, and I try to let others see what I'm seeing so it doesn't hurt as bad when it does happen later on down the line. Because I'm basically, I was going into this bubble situation looking at the third easiest schedule in the bubble for the 76ers. And I looked at this and I didn't see the easiest schedule and I didn't see the predictions of six and two and seven and one. I didn't see. I didn't even see the five and three, and that was even more realistic than the seven and one or the eight. You know, I saw three and five, or no more than four and four. And you you just have to understand the the level of concern that is with the talent that we have on our team. So, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But I just had to let you know the record was predicted here first on Philly Full Court Press. And I don't have to drink the 750 liter of Crown Royal in one day. But you want to. Oh, of course. Of course I want to, you know. But I'm not going to. And now I can savor the flavor. I can sit and relax and let the bottle extend me through the weeks ahead. And then once the Sixers get eliminated in round one, then you'll chug it all in one night. Probably not because I'll be honest with you. You said they're going to get eliminated round one. I think they have a good opportunity to get past Boston in round one. But it's like, and why Why do you say that? Because I, I, I'm kind of going in this with the opposite mindset. Okay, well, it's all about, once again, it's all going to come down to Brett Brown, okay, and his rotation and just the style of play. Now, if you do the style of play that you should, that you did with Boston, the four games throughout the season, you should come out on top. And that's bully ball. And we saw it. We saw, glim- we saw glimpses of it with the um, Al Horford and B combo. You have, to, you, ha- you have to stick with that, Brett. You got you to gotta go to what works. Go ahead, Nat. I hear you over there. Well, as long as he goes into this, like, the eight games are the true preseason, and then the actual – as long as he goes into that mindset with, all right, the Celtics games are the real games at this point. This is what we've been prepping for. And as long as he's been actively trying to work out the kinks with this squad – trying to get everyone experience for this series, then I do give okay. them the shot. But I'm not I, I, I'm not giving 
Brett Brown. The oh no, we the can't this just by based off his um, his past performances lately. We can't. You can never give him the benefit of doubt. But I can just research and look at what they've done with Boston this season and the team and style they had. Now remind now, mind you, you know they played Boston early in the season, and they. You know, they pretty much handled Boston, 107-93. That game, uh, Ben Simmons had 21, 24 points and nine, nine assists. That's not going to be there now. You know, Toby had 15 boards. So you're going to have to replace the 24-9 to get an extended, you know, lead over Boston like you had the first game you played them. So, I mean, having Ben out does hurt. It hurts a lot because I always said Ben's – uh, fingerprints are all over the game, no matter where he's at. So then you went away and you played Boston, you know, and this was uh, this was when the crown jewel was, I guess he was out of his feelings because something dropped saying that uh, he wasn't in the right frame of mind earlier on in the season because he hated how things, uh, you know, how he hated how things uh, fell and he didn't like the situation. So I'm assuming he's talking about how Jimmy left, how JJ left. No one was there for him. You know, he was angry at the situation that 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 happened. He was mad that they got beat by Toronto. Well, you know, MB, when is when are you going to stop giving us the fake? I have to do better. It's all about me, and just man up, just man up and say it was this. I would respect it more. Prior to the season started, you saying you you were upset about the situation. Hey, look, you're a human being. You could be upset. You got feelings, but you also got a job to do. And your job is you this that business aspect of the NBA because us real fans know it's a business. It's a cutthroat business. That business aspect, man, you got to just put that to the side. And when you clock in, you got to go to work, fam. You're right. I say the same thing about the Flyers. I'm sure Claude Drew misses mm-hmm, Wayne Simmons, mm-hmm. but they're winning without Wayne Simmons. They're mm-hmm. getting the job done. And when you got to get the job done, you got to get the job done. So, I mean, you, you have to that, – that, man, that was weak sauce for me, letting that out now where we're almost – you know, at a restart of the NBA and eight games in the bubble, and you're still – pissed off and talking about something that happened almost six, seven months ago. I mean, where's your focus at? Is your focus really with the city and thankful that the city's behind you, or is your focus still on the business aspect of the NBA? You can't go into these playoffs like that. You can't You can't do that to yourself as a player, especially if you're this aspiring superstar. I mean, look, I love J.J. Redick and Jimmy Butler as much as the next guy when they were on the Sixers, but that was when they were on the Sixers. Now that they're gone, I don't no. give a shit about them anymore. As much as I want them back, and you should. I don't and, care. No, and, I care and about that's this the, team. And that's the exact mentality he has to have. You know, you got to have that I don't care attitude and worry about your teammates that you have now. Because you worrying about past teammates and letting that reflect uh, come into your actions on the court. This is where you'll be your the rest of your career, a what if person. So I mean, you showed up. You showed up. Um, 
115 to 109 December 12th against Boston. My man had 38 and 13. So, and B can do it. And that was early in the season. So, I don't know if he was still crying about before or what have, but he could do it. And they turned around and did it again January 9th, right after the new year. And they beat up Boston 109-98. And then the fourth game, Boston throttled us. But also in that, that third game, Jay Rich exploded for 29 and seven assists. So each game they had a different leader, you know, and that's what it's going to take for the Sixers to beat Boston. It's going to take a team effort. Ba- yeah. Boston yeah, really. can hit you. Well, it's because we're bigger than Boston and we can impose our our will, our strength, our size, you know, and we still have a little quickness, but we can impose all those onto Boston. Boston's still a dangerous team. You know, Boston is still a dangerous team. And it's just it's a it's a matchup that if you're a Sixers fan, it takes you all the way back to, you know, Doc and Bird. Then it brings you forward to the Iguodala years going against KG and Ray Allen. You know, the Sixers hung hung tough. And then it brings you to Marquise Morris and the Phantom and be the Phantom game with the mask on. Pointing at it, pointing at his head, and Marquise Morris. Uh, I think it was Marquise Morris was going three and zero because Boston was up three and zero. And can can you can I tell you something? That series left a bad taste in my mouth because each game the Sixers was favored. Down two and zero, down two and zero, they were still favored. Down three and zero, they were still favored. They were still favored in every aspect of that I- game. I blame confetti uh, guy. I was a, listen, that confetti was so premature because no one knew if Bellinelli's uh, feet were behind the line or, ne- or not. The shot went in and he thought, oh, he won. Bang. I was like, oh. <laughs> First of all, there's still time on the clock. So I, he was just happy. My man was just happy. That's all. He, he let all his excitement out. Oh! Dang. Just let it all out. Man. He had he had no American pie, man. He had no control over himself. He just man, uh, and all the confetti goes everywhere. But um, yeah. So that series definitely left a bad taste in my mouth, and that's what made me say, "All right, well, next year, you know, we get that one piece next year, we will be all right." And we made the trade for Butler, got Harris. J.J. Reddick on the cover of Sports Illustrated, best starting team in the NBA, yada, yada, yada. And we know the history. It always happens. So, you know, always happens. The sports the sports cover jinx, and it got us. Now, uh, Aldenami, he said to me, not to me, but he said to the people on the broadcast, if anyone was watching the game the other night, uh, against Toronto, he said when they flashed up all the starters out, and for what reason? Allah says, "quote That was that's a all world NBA team right there on the bench. That's the best team in the NBA right there on the bench." Uh that's what we thought going going into the season, right now. Yeah, we did. We all thought 
We had the best team in the NBA. We had an easy, easy walk to the one seed in the East. Only th- and everyone was saying Sixers, Clippers. Uh, everyone it was, was writers saying that. were saying it. The internet was saying it. Clippers got Kawhi. Oh, they got Paul George. Sixers are coming back. They only lost Jimmy Butler, but they got Josh Richardson. They got Tobias Harris. You know, they still got Ben and Joe. Oh, they make the blockbuster for Al Horford. The Sixers are prime and set, ready to roll. We're sitting here in the sixth seed. (laughs) We're sitting in the sixth seed. And we are about to be three in the bubble, in the restart bubble. So that's where we're at, man. (laughs) The hype is real. I'll tell you that. The hype is real. And you know my saying that juice box is sweet for all y'all Kool Aid fans. So, (laughs) who else? Who's even drinking the Kool Aid at this point? There's a few people. We're not listen. Hey, who? that's not my job to put out who. That, that's not my job to put out who. My job is to break this ish down and let y'all see the real. So, but yeah, they they, they know who they are. Now we don't have to. We don't have to expose anybody. They know who they are. I don't think. I don't think they're listening hey, to listen, this show though. If they are, then cool. If not, so be it. But if the ones that are. Are listening? I'll tell you this: you got to dilute that uh, that sugar sweet box. You got to add some water to it. Get that sweetness off your tooth a little bit, so you can focus and see what's up going on. And the ones that aren't, hey, y'all good, y'all good. Grab your drink, have a sip. This is Big T Will. That's my man Nat Marlowe. This is Philly Full Court Press. We'll be back after these uh, quick commercial breaks. What's up, everybody? It's Carmelo Anthony. Hope everyone is staying healthy. During this time, you know, we should all be looking out for one another and staying calm and staying safe. I'm just trying to stay positive as much as possible. Continue to spend this great time with your loved ones. I think it gives us a lot of perspective. Call some of your friends or your family and let them know how much you, you love them and how much you care about them. Practice compassion. We have to be kind and really practice a sense of community. We're going to get through this thing one way or another. And the appreciation level for everything will be at an all-time high. We all miss fans and our teammates and basketball. This is only a virus that we can beat together. Um, Hopefully we'll be seeing you guys soon and back on the floor. Say see ya. See ya. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others, maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health, there are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines. Take extra precautions if at higher risk. Wash our hands frequently. Stay six feet from others when we can. 
And when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. Life Jesus. Yo, this beat is fire. I love digging in the crates. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. The Rock Boys. I don't know if some people know about that, but uh, if you don't, go find out. The beat is fire. Let that play a little bit, Matt. Oh, we got a dope beat going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Put me in my zone right now for this next topic. So this next topic is is a critical topic that... Uh, Sixer fans talk about that the media talks about. Uh, it's Brett Brown's rotation. So, Brett Brown told Neto a couple games ago that he was out, wouldn't see the court. And um, next thing you know, we're seeing Neto leading the charge the last two games due to injuries. I don't understand why Brett Brown keeps putting his foot in his mouth. Like, you just, you just there's just no need. There's no need to keep telling your players that you're not going to use them or not use them because it's up to the players to always be ready no matter what. And you know, you have a crown jewel that's being held together by um, glue. And I wouldn't even say crazy glue. You have Ben Simmons who's out. You have Tobias Harris who's probably, you know, dealing with a, a, a nick here or an injury there. Josh Richardson has been banged up. Luckily, Shake hasn't been shook, so we're good with that. Cork uh, Mods isn't banged up, but you're thin. You're you're very thin. Uh, Al Horford could go out and get hurt because of his age. He was out. He needed rest because you played him over thirty minutes, and he had two ice packs on his knees. So, like I said, this is an old Al with a lot of mileage, and you're playing him like he's a young Al, and that's. <laughs> That's going. That's a that spells disaster for me. That's why I don't understand a lot of your rotations and thought process. Is Brett season. drinking before games? He's probably drinking that Kool Aid that he's handing out to everyone else who uh, is still believing. You know, it sucks that I don't believe. I just they're not going to win a championship this year. That's just where it's at. Definitely not. So, you know, it is what it is. You just got to roll with it. We got to look at what we have and where we can get better. And for me, where we could get better is with the coach because I've seen enough of these rotations of Brett Brown. We have a talented roster. I mean, I understand what Ala was saying. We have a, we have a talented roster. But the coach, man, the coach. So rotation-wise, he said Neto was out, put his foot in his mouth for that one. And Ben Simmons goes down. So Neto's in. He's, you know, leading the charge. So then you sit Embiid, as we called prior to Embiid sitting. Uh, In the previous episode, we said Embiid was probably going to miss either one or the rest of these uh, 
games that they had left coming up to Houston. And sure enough, he did. You had to play Al Horford. Al Horford got nicked up, and then you had to play Norvell Pell. And I like Norvell Pell. He re- he reminds me of a, a more polished uh, New Orleans Noel at their same stage of years in the NBA. I like Norvell Pell. I like his defensive energy, and he's got some bunnies. So he likes to block shots. I'm always for that. Josh Richardson was out. So who do you plug in with, with for Jay Rich? And then you have uh, Glenn Robinson III coming off of the hip injury. You know, he's still trying to work his way back into uh, some type of shape. And you had Mike Scott, who forgot how to play basketball up to the last couple games. So my, it was good to see Mike Scott seeing the ball go in the hoop because I've been saying this all season. He's been a disappointment to the team. And himself, really, because he knows he's better than what he was going through. And, you know, as a Mike, Mike Scott supporter and a Mike Scott fan, I didn't – I was just like, what happened, you know? So I'm glad to see him, uh, Mike Scott work that off to uh, him getting back to the Mike Scott that we're going to need to beat Boston. Because every, every all hands are on deck. You're going to need every every hand possible – to beat Boston. As I went through the four games, each game there was a different leader in each game. One game was Simmons, while the game was Embiid, another game was Richardson. So now we're going to need someone to take Simmons' spot. So is it going to be Al Burks? Is it going to be Al? Is Al going to get off on his old team? Is Embiid going to be ready? Is the hand going to be okay? Is the ankle going to be okay? Is his mind going to be mentally there? Is Toby going to show up? These are the questions we're going to have. And then with the rotation, how how skinny or how big are you going to make the rotation? Are you going to go to an uh, uh, eight-man rotation or nine-man rotation? Who makes the rotation? Who's the first one off the bench? Is it Corkmans? Is it Mike Scott? Is it Burks? These are the questions that have to be answered, and they got to be answered soon. Clouds are starting to run around the corner. Boston has their, their lineup set. You know Brad Stevens is coming in with a game plan. His game plan's ready to go. They've beat the Sixers twice in the uh, playoffs. They beat the Sixers in a regular season once this year. But prior to all the, the small success Brett Brown had to, against Boston, Boston has owned the Sixers. Hasn't even felt like a rivalry. Brad Stevens kicked our ass since he's been in Boston. I'll never forget going back to the days of A.I., Paul Pierce sat up there and said, Philly? Who said Philly was our rival? And that's what made me hate Paul Pierce even more. Because he had the nerve to downplay us. Like, Philly was never a rival against Boston. You know, it's one of the best rivals in the NBA history. And fortunately, we haven't been on the... We haven't been on the... As a Sixers fan, I say we. Sixers haven't been on the winning side of this in a very long time. So, and I don't see it. I see it, okay, I see it happening this year. I do think we could get past Boston if we beat them up down low. If you rebound, if you control the ball, cut down on the turnovers, and your foul shots to three-pointers uh, are not as skewed as they can be, then the Sixers have a, try- a chance to beat Boston. 
But these things that I'm mentioning are the same crap that we've been seeing all year long that's been having us on this roller coaster ride that's put us in a six seed. There's been stretches of games where we had too many turnovers. There's been stretches of games where we didn't even go to the foul line for for ten for ten attempts. How do you not go to the foul line for ten attempts and you have a whole entire team that's almost six ten? The average height on this team is like six nine. And you don't go to the foul line for 10 attempts, at least 10 attempts. It's blasphemy. That's 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 absurd. That tells you the ratio is off. You can't shoot 33s and then only go to the foul line nine times a game. You need to be at the foul line at least nine times the first eight minutes with Horford and Bede and Harris. And then not, to not make your foul shots is another story at hand, which the Sixers do pretty well. I, I mean, they're one of the better few NBA teams in the league that uh, shoot foul shots pretty well. You got to make your foul shots. It's always good to increase the lead while the clock is stopped. It's free. It's free. It's like free money. It's free buckets. Take it. Make your foul shots. But you got to get to the line. You can't get to the line jacking up threes. You know, that that's the new NBA. Everybody wants to chuck and jump. You can't. It's impossible. If your team's not built like that, it's impossible. The Lakers don't do it, and they have a bigger team than us. Now, granted, AD thinks he's a stretch three. He needs to get back to his roots, too, if, the, if they want to make a serious run. Because I'll be honest with you, these teams that I'm seeing in the bubble right now, I don't see L.A., or L.A. coming out. They could. They damn well could. They are They are the favorites. Western Conference Finals, Clippers-Lakers, that is the favorite right now, but I can see it not happening, especially the way some of these cats is catching fire in the gym, this open gym format. They're, they're lethal. A lot of teams are lethal. And that's another thing. We have shooters on our team. Yeah, we got Cork Miles, we got Shake, we got Tobias, we got Burks, we got Robinson. They're shooters. How come our shooters can't be lethal like everyone else in the league right now? I mean, <laughs> nah, answer that for me. We got rid of our best three point shooter. We got rid of JJ Reddick. And everyone complained that JJ didn't play. Good defense. Okay, well, now you're in a situation where you're not playing good defense and you don't have a three-point guy. That is a major problem. But uh, GR3 and Burks is having the best uh, three-point year of their careers based on makes and percentages playing in Golden State. Of their careers. However, why aren't they in the starting lineup? Listen. I'd start Burke, to be honest with you. With Ben out, I would put Shake and Burke, okay? Shake and Burke, and B, Horford, and Harris. And then you can even do this. You could put Jay Rich and bring Jay Rich off the bench. Or you could bench uh, Horford and start Jay Rich. So then you start Shake, J. Rich, Burke, Toby, and Embiid. 
I actually like that lineup as well. Because now you got ball handlers, ball handlers on the court. So if they start to pressure Shake and the ball comes out of his hands, I'm not so worried about the guys handling the ball, getting the ball over half court or getting the offense into their set offense, their set half court offense without turning the ball over. Cuts down on the turnovers. You don't have so many people handling the ball. You know, Corkmaz the other night dribbled. He's up at the top of the key thinking he's a point guard dribbling. He dribbles it off his foot and he goes over <laughs> goes over the half-court line and he gets called for uh, over and back. Like, you're not a ball handler. And, and that's just the lack of focus that I see on this team. It's too many guys that are trying to do things that they're not supposed to be doing. You know, do do what you have to do. I want to see Shyock play. I, I don't think we will, but I want to see him play. The, the guy can hoop, man. He's 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 lethal. If he could get going, he's lethal. But Brett, it's Brett's rotation, and that's what's going to either hinder the, that's going to continue to hinder the Sixers, or he has something up his sleeve. Do you want to listen to something aggravating? Not particularly. <laughs> well, we're if, gonna get... if it's aggravating, not particularly. I don't. But what is it? It's aggravating me so much. I just have to tell you. So good. Tobias Harris, twenty-five minutes. Okay, pretty good. Josh Richardson, twenty-four minutes last night. Okay. Shake Milton, twenty-two. All right, I like that. Matisse Thybul, thirty minutes. Love that. Furkan, twenty-nine minutes. Right, okay. Howell, freaking Neto. 27 minutes. Why? Well, at this point, they were locked in the sixth seed. So whether they won that game or lost that game, they didn't, it didn't matter to Brett. Brett was playing his Little League lineup where everyone plays. And he didn't have anybody else in that in that position to back up Shake at the point guard. When he lost, he lost Ben, he lost that opportunity to uh, have a backup to uh, Shake. So that's why Neto's getting all that burn. But that's why I keep saying, why do you keep telling your players that they're out of the rotation and then two minutes later they're in? You did it to Shake. Now Shake's your starting point guard. You told Neto in the bubble, you saw enough of Neto. You don't, you know, Neto's out of the rotation. That was per Keith Pompey tweet. Dude, at this rate, Neto's going to start. If Neto, if, if Neto starts, then... <laughs> if Neto starts, we riot. Neto, right? Well, no, nah, we had enough rice, man. He's saying, calm down with that. We, <laughs> if Neto starts, then Brett Brown obviously sees something that we don't see. I don't think he will start, but he's going to get minutes. And you told him he wasn't. Matisse Thibault's got to stop fouling so much. Like I, I grant, grant, I love your your energy, and I like that you try to uh, steal everything possible, but. You Fallon is putting the Sixers in jeopardy of playing Neto. Personal fouls, 29 for the Sixers last night. That's a lot, man. That's a lot of fouls. And that's what's setting up Brett Brown's rotation. Not the four-minute mark or the seven-minute mark when he pulls out one of the starters. They don't see the, re- they don't see the court till the second quarter. It's the fouls. Because when you put when you foul, when you get in foul trouble early in the game, now we're we're you're putting it on the coach 
to protect yourself because you can't keep your hands off the other player. Hence, you got Howell Neto. They were lucky. Toronto only put up 27 out of 40 from behind the free throw line. They were lucky that happened. Open format, man. Open format. Everyone's been chucking. There's been a lot of sloppy hooping. A lot. I watched Luca play the other night. It was sloppy. That game was so sloppy. Turning the ball over. And he got locked up. He didn't have no 30-point triple-double because he played a team that actually had defenders, and he got locked up, and the, he started turning the ball over. The uh, Pacers uh, Heat game, there are turnovers. The Heat uh, OKC game, turnovers. It's been turnovers everywhere in in the bubble. So hopefully in the uh, since the playoffs are, what, three couple days away, that um, all this will get cleaned up and we, we could get back to seeing good hooping. I mean, all these the combined scores for most of the average right now is like 243 points a game. It's a lot. This game last night, 246. 246 was uh, the other night's game. Combined points. Where's the defense at? Got to find it. I'd rather see us play a defensive matchup where they get where we limit the other team to one shot, and we could go down and control the game and keep the score low. I wouldn't mind that. When we start getting when the Sixers start getting into these one one twelves, one fourteens, forget it. You don't have enough firepower to keep up. Now you're looking out for bailout threes, and we're listening for a zoom off go. You know, Cork Miles, that's for three. You're waiting for Matisse in the corner for three. But you're looking for someone to bail you out, and that's not your game. Because if you're ahead, you won't have to worry about those those Hail Mary threes. Exactly. You don't have to take so many freaking threes. That the season opener, bully ball worked. Why didn't you stick with bully ball? Why didn't right. you stick with the methods? That, if something, I know it's a cliche saying, but if something isn't broken, don't fix it. And I don't even think it was about if something was broke, don't th- fix it. I think he never even went to it. We saw flashes of it, and he just he was like, okay, I have this in my back pocket. Now let's run what we have to run. And that's where we're at now. Where if he would have stayed in the beginning of the season with it and throughout, I don't think Ben would have got hurt. I don't think Embiid would have – I think Embiid would have snapped out, hopefully snapped out of whatever he's going through early. He would have got hurt. And I think the team would have gelled quicker. And it wouldn't have took till Christmas, till the new year, till this, till that. So – but, hey, man, these are questions that uh, we ask here. They're honest questions. They're real. Same questions everyone else asks. And uh, coming up, man, we got uh, uh, one of my favorite segments that we just started, a little q and I'm your host, Big T. Will. That's Nat Marlowe. Sixers got the Celtics, three versus six. NBA playoff, the new NBA playoffs in the bubble. We'll be back after these commercial breaks. What's up, everybody? This is Carmelo Anthony. Hope everyone is staying healthy, 
during this time, you know, we should all be looking out for one another and staying calm and staying safe. I'm just trying to stay positive as much as possible. To you spend this great time with your loved ones. I think it gives us a lot of perspective. Call some of your friends or your family and let them know how much you, you love them and how much you care about them. Practice compassion. We have to be kind and really practice a sense of community. We're going to get through this thing one way or another. And the appreciation level for everything will be at an all-time high. We all miss fans and our teammates and basketball. This is only a virus that we can beat together. Uh, hopefully we'll be seeing you guys soon and back on the floor. Say see ya! See ya! I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others, maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health, there are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines. Take extra precautions if at higher risk. Wash our hands frequently. Stay six feet from others when we can. And when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. All right, everybody, welcome back. After that quick commercial break, I'm your host, Big T. Will. That's Nat Marlowe, Philly Full Court Press here. And we're at one of my, uh, starting to grow on me a little bit, one of my favorite times of the show. A little Q&A, a little freestyle back and forth. But first, we got to talk about that orange and black, man. Hey, Nat, they got that W. They did get the W. Why are you always being down on your team? Look, we, we, we were down on the Sixers. The way... I watched that Flyers game. You would have thought that the Flyers were losing. I, that I'm game. not down on the Sixers. I'm down on Brett Brown. There's a difference. I need the Brett Brown to go so I could be high on my Sixers again. You have no excuse. The way I was watching that game last night, and the way most Flyers fans were watching that game, you would have thought we were watching the Sixers lose one of their uh, NBA bubble games because the Flyers were tripping over themselves. Elaine Vigneault had a quote, and he said, it's not Perry Price versus Carter Hart. No, it's Philadelphia versus Montreal. But with the way the Flyers played last night, it was Ivan Provorov and Joel Farabee with Carter versus, Hart versus, versus Carey Price, Price and, and everybody else because it looked like they had no no energy behind them. Mm-mm. None. Thompson is two wide open nets. Matt Niskanen got caught on a couple mm-hmm. of one-on-ones, leaving, uh, leaving Provorov out to dry. Justin Braun, hey, look, Shane Gossespierre traditionally is not very good hold down that blue line. He's not very good as a defensive defenseman. But Justin Braun he was, left yeah, he hung, out to dry. He hung him night. in the second period. I was like, whoa. Gossespierre, all things considering, looked pretty good. Most of that was because Justin Braun did not. Yeah, I mean, good. it was a frustrating game, but they hung on. They, the 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 key to everything is hang on, survive, and advance. So that's You're what right. They, I think ahead. a lot of it. I think a lot of it has to do with 
as Flyers fans, we're not used to having a great goaltender who's on character Here, here's the, level. Here's what I, so, I don't understand. Everyone keeps saying, oh, he's only 21. What, you want a young, hungry lion at 21 and not some 30-year-old or 40-year-old in that? You would want that. I mean, good. If, oh, he's only 21. Good. He'll be 22 next week. Good. Good, 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 good. All those are good. You got a young, hungry kid in the net that can play goalie, and he doesn't care. He has no fear. He has no fear of the big, the big shining bright lights. He's just a kid with his pads playing, playing hockey. He's doing what all of us did at his age. Done. You know, he's just playing the game he loves, but it's on TV. <laughs> So I, I mean, it's all good. I, I I never understood that. Oh, he's only twenty one. He's only twenty. Good. That's what you want. So now you know you have your goalie for the next ten years. You know, knock on wood. Hopefully, there's no injuries. You know, so no significant injury over the course of the of his career. But yeah, you got you finally got a young goalie. You got a prospect that actually blossomed. That's good. Don't worry about his age. The kid is good, you know. So, but yo, Nat man, gotta you gotta get behind your squad. You sound a little down on him. <laughs> hey, hey, I am totally behind my squad. This is we have the chance to win our first playoff series in eight years. So I am pumped for this team. But I I said last night the key to last night's game or heading into last night's game was that the Flyers cannot play down to Montreal. They have to go into this game like they played Boston, like they played mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, like they played mm-hmm. Washington. And I think they let Montreal play up to their level as opposed to you know taking their opponent more seriously than but they should have, you know. The problem, but the good thing is Montreal played probably one of their better games, and they still didn't win. You're right. And you know what? I think the biggest takeaway from last night's game, the biggest great takeaway, I should say, is that the Flyers have played their worst game inside the NHL bubble thus far, and they're still undefeated in the NHL bubble. So there you go. So there's your hockey talk right there. We're still flyered up. But uh, a – you have to look at the, the bright side. The Flyers didn't play well, and they still won. Montreal played one of their better games in the bubble, and they still lost. So that just tells you how lethal and how dominant the Flyers can be on the ice. And we actually got some uh, Flyers news while we were recording. Hey, man, you push, uh, you, you're pushing Julian. it with this Flyer stuff here, boy. Go ahead. Hey, 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 hey. It's breaking news, okay? It's what, what do you got, news. brother? Montreal Canadiens head coach Claude Julien suffered chest pains last night, and he was hospitalized. So he's not going to coach the rest ooh. of the series. Ooh, ooh. Is he, is he okay? That's yeah. first and foremost. I think he's okay. I mean, he's responsive. He's talking, but they're not letting him coach the rest of the series because of uh, wow. That's a, that... So Montreal's assistant coach is going to step a, up. That's a huge break for the, um, for the Flyers. And, you know, for Montreal, that's a tough loss right there, losing their uh, coach. Well, we'll see what this does. This could galvanize the Canadians. We all wish Claude Julien a speedy recovery. But, yeah, th- who knows what this is going to do. So, let's hope the uh, fly, fly boys uh, take care of business, man, and just, you know, win, take out 
uh, Montreal in a sweep and get some rest and, you know, end this quickly. So this doesn't get drug, dragged on to a you know, full seven where they have inspiration to play for and they're inspired to play for their coach because he's out and this and that, you know. That and the Flyers should not get gassed this series. You can't, you can't afford to let this series go seven. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Not one bit. Not one bit. Do it in five. You do it in five, you're in great shape. Actually, sweet. Get them out of here. Get them out. Get them out. But just like we got these questions, Nat. So let's go, man. Hit me. What do you got? We got a uh, full court. We, we got the 24-second shot clock playing. We got the full court press at you. And we got these questions from the people. First one up. This one's from the Geech. The Geech says, why are people still confused that the sixth seed is the best option for the Sixers? The sixth seed puts them out of the Bucks side of the bracket until the Eastern Conference Finals. Hello, wake up. <laughs> um, I think he has to wake up. The sixth seed is the best possible way for the uh, Sixers to advance out of the first round. Because the six, the Sixers only have a better record against Boston out of those top three, four teams. They don't want to play Miami, Indiana, Milwaukee, or even Toronto. You don't want to play those teams first. You play those teams first, you're guaranteed not to get out of the first round. At least if you play Boston, you have a better chance on getting out of the first round than you do playing those other teams. That's why. It's all about the matchup, and staying put in the sixth seed gives them a better matchup. Look, you're not playing with a home court advantage. No one is. You're on a neutral site. So this is all coming down to coaching, ability, and execution, and the talent. And the Sixers have more talent than anyone in the NBA. But now this all has to come together. And I do. I do think they're going to beat Boston in their first round. So that's why you play. That's why you stay pat in six seed to play Boston as the three seed because you have a better matchup against them. So, I mean, if that makes sense, if to you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know, Nat. Does that make logical sense to you? It does. With the six seed locked up, all they would have had to worry about is Boston this whole time, and we've been worrying about Boston this whole time. But now it's. We got to stop worrying. We got to stop thinking about all the possibilities of it. And we they just got to go in and play. And we just got to go in and watch and see what this team can right. do. And see see what happens. You roll your dice. You weren't going to get any better than the fourth seed anyway. You weren't going to catch that with three games left prior to, you know, now being one game left prior to the bubble. You shot yourselves in the foot when you lost early and didn't take care of business. You blew those leads in the bubble. But even still, you if the Sixers would have moved up the two spots, now you're facing Miami or uh, Indiana. And that's trouble. And it doesn't mean anything because you're not playing at home. So I think it was the right decision to stay in the sixth seed to uh, face uh, Boston. So... It makes sense to you, Nat. It makes sense to me. What else you got, brother? This one's from Everyman. This team is just a constant source of heartbreak from heaven to hell in two years. What can we possibly cling on to with this current edition? Nothing. Hope. <laughs> There's nothing to cling on to. There's the only thing we can cling on to is hope. We just hope. Hope, hope, hope. 
hope that they can get it together for at least one series and get past Boston. I'll be satisfied if they beat Boston because I I hate Boston. And if you're a Sixers fan, you, you should hate Boston as well. But the, the only thing you could cling on to is hope. I don't have nothing else to add. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, hang, hang your hat on Jay Rich, hoping he's going to give us what we what we feel that we should have got all season from him. Hang your hat on uh, Shake Milton that uh, he performs well. Hope that uh, Embiid stays healthy. Hope that we don't get any foul trouble so you don't see uh, Howell Neto. That's all I That's what T-Will does. What else you got, Nat? This one's from Philly Fan for Life. Can you hop on one of Brett Brown's Zoom calls and ask him why he didn't utilize hard picks, hard fouls, and double teams to stop Damian and guys like TJ Warren, and they didn't attack those guys on offense? Why? Yeah, because the uh, the guy being picked in the pick and roll, you know, you got to get off that pick and jump high. And the, guy, and the guy's defender of the picker, he has to come in behind and set the double. And they weren't doing that at all. Me jumping on Brett Brown's Zoom or a reporter jumping on the Zoom asking that question, Brett's going to dodge that and tell you, you know, they practice it, they go over it. It was a mental breakdown, a mental collapse. It's something they got to work harder on and concentrate and focus on. These are the things we saw all season, though, as fans. So it's a legitimate question. As why do teams always allow... Why do we? Why do the Sixers always allow other teams to score fifty plus against them at the point guard position? It's it's a valid question, but that type of question right there, Brett Brown's going to dodge it. He's not going to be straightforward with you. They need to come off those picks. You know, the 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 guy being picked needs to shed and get high. The guy's picker needs to come off and make the double and get the force the ball out of the point guard's hand. And that's just not happening. So, but yeah, man, I agree. I definitely agree. Hey, Nat, what else you got? Ray asks, is Brett going with the three-man rotation going into the playoffs? It looks like it because he has uh, Mike Scott. Looks like he played his way into the rotation. Burks played his way in the rotation. And you have Corkmaz into the rotation. He might do four-man and, and you got Thibault. They will be your four off the bench. Mike Scott may have to play center at times, depending on the situation. But that, I I will say he'll go more forward in three. If he does do three, then who's out of the fray? Let me ask you that, Nat. Is it Scott, Thibel, Burks, or Corkmoss? Please let it be Scott out of the fray. If he goes three, man, you're going to keep Scott out. Yeah, because Mike Scott, I think, has... The least amount of talent. Out Ouch! Of That's just my Ouch. personal opinion. Ouch. That is my. I, that is, that is my personal opinion. And from what I've seen all year, you leave Scott out. Jeez, jeez. Like I said, I love Mike Scott. It's not. A, it's not an insult to Mike Scott. It's just out of those guys, three man rotation, you leave him out. Oh. My personal opinion. This is just my opinion alert. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I asked you the question. You gave me uh you gave me an answer. Look, I love Mike Scott. I'm part of the hive. But listen, I, listen the three man rotation. All right, listen, I just 
no, all I'm no, saying. No, no fight from me. No fighting argument. I got you. I got you. Well, nah. No, 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 no. That was your, that was your PSA. <laughs> it's not a PSA. <laughs> like I said, just my opinion. That's right. Oh, oh. No, if you want a PSA, I'll give you my COVID PSA. Yeah, I'll, yeah. We don't need any more of those either. What else you got? Do you want a serious question, or you do you want a funny? Question? Save the funny one for the last one. We'll do this. Do a serious question now, and then the last one will be the funny one. Here's a serious one. How does the whole team get injured after being off for so long? Can we fire the entire coaching and medical staff now? It was bound to happen. I mean, I mean, let's be real. You and I talked behind the scenes, and and I said the reason I picked the the, the three and five was because I, I factored in someone getting hurt, and it happened when both players got hurt. Actually, Simmons and Embiid. That comes on the players. I mean, they had to stay in shape. They knew what was coming up. They had to stay in shape. But the Sixers aren't the only team in the NBA dealing with injuries. Injuries is part of the game. Firing the whole medical staff. Sure, that if that makes you feel good, then fire them. But you got to replace them, too. If you replace them, you got to damn sure hope that nothing like this happens next season. Because then you're going to want to fire the whole fire the whole medical staff again. So then you're at a revolving door of firing medical staff. When... You know, this the Sixers players should took it on themselves to make sure they were healthy and ready to play. So, like injuries are part of the game; it happens. Seems like they always happen to the Sixers. All right, man. Last one. What you got for me, brother? All right, last one comes from Tommy. Can Bryce Harper sub for Embiid, gritty sub for Harris, and Jake from State Farm take over for? Nah, because Jake from State Farm has too many turnovers too. So. Yeah, absolutely not. All them commercials with him throwing throwing the rock and breaking windows and car doors and stuff. That means his handle suspect. And we already have we already have enough of that on our team. So no. Stay where you're at. Bryce Harper needs to worry about the Phillies and the way they're playing, their struggles. Gritty needs to just focus on getting the fly boys to the uh Stanley Cup finals. And Jake from State Farm and the the new Chris Paul, they need to worry about making better commercials. How about that? <laughs> you know, I bet Gritty would be better than Neto. Uh, I like Gritty to give you a nice foul. Gritty will definitely give you some contact down the lane. He won't allow someone to continue to score points in the lane without being touched. So if I need a bruiser to go in there and get me some fouls, eat some fouls up, yeah, Gritty's on. The things I would do to see Gritty play ball with the Sixers. <laughs> the things I would – just some things you just don't want to see. I think that might be one of them. No, because wait a minute, because <laughs> you got Gritty and you got Mike Scott on the same team? I don't know. <laughs> or three-man rotation. You replace Mike Scott with Gritty. <laughs> Oh man! Well, man, listen. This was uh, another good episode with you, Nat. Appreciate you, brother. I'm your host, Big T. Will. That's Nat Marlowe. This was Philly Full Court Press. We got Sixer Celtics, thirty versus sixty. Let's get behind them, and uh, we'll catch you. We'll catch you guys on the other side. Listen, enjoy. Go Sixers. Go Flyers. And uh, keep your drinks full. 
We'll talk to you soon. Hey, Nat, let's ride out.